Good morning. Welcome to the Gathering Place podcast. I am Pastor Todd. This week, Pastor Byron is preaching a message to edify the church. I hope you are edified as well. And now, Pastor Byron. The Babylonian captivity. And from Babylonian captivity to the birth of Christ and his ministry. It's... uh, it's amazing what we're having here. Fourteen generations from the promise of God given to, David, to Abraham, to David, the king, that there would be someone like David coming. And then from David to captivity. You know, uh, until we come to Jesus Christ, we are captives to our own sin and rebellion. And from the Babylonian captivity came freedom, Jesus, that would liberate us from our own personal captivity. And then in in Proverbs, Proverbs has 14 verses that declare the fear of the Lord. Fourteen times in the book of Proverbs, the writer places us that place, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom in others. Seven plus seven, I believe, I believe with my whole heart as I've been pursuing the Lord, that this year is going to be an amazing year for the gathering place. And uh, and we should be in expectation of a double blessing, expecting it, that we will encounter every time we meet a manifestation of the presence of Jesus in the place and the love of the Father We'll know it in our hearts and that we will witness and be uh, messengers of the greatness of our God to others we meet when we experience the signs, wonders, and miracles, the impossible becoming possible in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord, now let's get in the message about mothers. And what does the scripture tell us about motherhood? And and what does it declare? There's a lot in there, but we're going to briefly hit on some of it. In Isaiah 49, 15, can a mother forget the baby of her breast and have no compassion for the child she has born? Though she may forget it, though she may forget. You know, right off the bat, as we enter into this lesson, this teaching about Jesus Christ, you know what? The mothers here and the mothers throughout time are not perfect. They're not perfect. And, you know, you know sometimes I, you know, Nancy would say, did I do a good job in retrospect and looking back at raising our children? And, and, and we, we might think that maybe we didn't do 
as good a job as we could have. But motherhood is very precious in the heart of God. For him to declare, even though, even though they may, forgot, may have forgotten it, I will not forget you. You know, it's, a, it's an amazing thing that, that God connects with motherhood and says, even though the mothers of this earth might not have done a completely great job at it, but I, the, your God that is passionately in love with you, I'll never forget you as a mother would her child. As a mother would her child. Well, in looking at motherhood, part of the role of motherhood is the teacher in the family. The teacher in the family. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. And then in Deuteronomy it says, and these I command you today are to be on your hearts, impress them on your children, talk to them about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. It's a, it's, it's a relentless thing for mothers as they raise their infant children into adulthood that it's like a 24-7 job. And God is saying to us, you know, take heed of that and, and make sure that, you're, that it's a faithful instruction is on her tongue. And she, she speaks with wisdom. Speaks with wisdom. Listen, my son, in Proverbs 1. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. And I will not forsake your mother's teaching. They are like a garland of grace on your head and like a chain to adore your neck. And I really believe that that's uh, about talking about sons and daughters. That a uh, garland on the head is like what they place on an athlete with great victory. So a mother is instilling in her children that you're a victor, not a victim. And a, and a gold around the neck for that daughter that she would be adorned by the gold around her neck, knowing about who she is. Now, what's interesting here, father's instruction, not to forsake the mother's teaching. You know, there's a little difference with instruction and teaching. Instruction, you know, Joseph might have spent time with Jesus showing him how to make a perfect table. And it's, it's going along with that, putting that together, and uh, you know, and I I remember as uh, uh, as uh, when I was uh, they call when I was trying to get become a pilot, they called it an instructor because he would go through maneuvers with the plane first, and he'd say, "Here's how's it done. Here's how it's done, and now you do it." I, I remember, I remember. He freaked me out because he said, okay, Byron, let's rev up off the runway. I put the full throttle on, went down the runway, and as we lifted into the air, and he knew how high 
he, we had to get for us to be safe. He pulled the power off. My heart jumped. I mean, here I'm thinking everything's routine. And he immediately nosed down to get some speed so the plane could land safely at an open field. That's instruction. I felt like saying, why'd you do that? Because, because it needs to become instinctive in you what to do, not for you wasting seconds figuring out what to do. So instruction is very important. But the mother is teaching. Teaching. She's, uh, uh, you know, what my mother taught me. Taught me righteousness. Taught me how to make right decisions. You know, and one of those came up just the other day. Uh, <clears throat> my mother taught me to tell the truth and not to steal. So I was fixing up things after they put the air conditioning in the church. And I went to, the, to Menards to buy something. Uh, Jerry and I talked about we needed a, a new carpet because uh, people were tripping over that thing we had, whatever, they even came and call that a carpet. Had, so I went there, and then I also had to pick up something personally for, for myself. While I was waiting in the line, and I want to remind you, I said this a number of Sundays ago, the enemy, Satan and his demons, oftentimes come to us, but the, he comes to us in our own voice. And we have to define, well, are we thinking something through, or is this the enemy coming in, in that conversation, like, like in my own voice? So I was waiting in the line. I had this $2.70 item for me and this $9 item for the church, and I'm waiting. You know what I'm, hear, you know what I'm hearing? You, know, you do a lot for the church. You can just throw that in there. And, you know, after all, you're busy working and painting some bricks today and doing some things in the church. You know, what's $2.70? Just, just charge it all to the church. It's okay. But by the time I came to, the, my, the line, to pay and thinking what I was hearing myself say, but really was it myself? I heard another voice. What are you going to do? Now, now it's time for action. Now, what are you going to do? And what came out of my mouth, sir, there's two charges here. One is mine and one is the church's. And we made two receipts, one for the church, for the mat that we needed, and one for the $2.70 item that was mine. You see, a mother's teaching is very important. And, uh, and as we come through, come through this message, we're going to hear that of all the results of that. But then, he, then it says, um, Proverbs 22 Start children off on the right way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not depart from it. Mm -hmm. Why well, qualify old? 
and and what my mother instru- her teaching came all the way to a decision in a to pay a bill at Menards because when they grow older they will remember that truth is important not and that integrity is important and because uh, the enemy's going to come and challenge all of us in that and thank the Lord when you have mothers that are instilling in you and me truth and integrity so what what is the heritage of motherhood what is the heritage of motherhood her children will rise up and call her blessed her husband also will praise her and many will women do noble things but you surpass them all we have an opportunity as christian mothers in this house in this church father to 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 have an environment where our children will declare to us, and, and he, I could go to your children's children as grandparents, because we got to let them in here too, that, that they will say yes and amen that they had a relationship with a woman of God. A woman of God. And then it goes on in... Um, In Proverbs 23, listen to your father who gave you life. And do not despise your mother when she's old. I'm going to stop there because, you know, it's uh, it's, uh, my, my, Nancy's mom, when uh, she she was very insistent on being self-sufficient, taking her, uh, taking care of herself in her apartment as we saw signs of that diminishing, I had a conversation with Nancy. I said, Nancy, you know what? Mom's not safe anymore. She's not safe taking care of herself. But she has a home to come to. And uh, you got the job of convincing her to move out of there and come to my house, <laughs> our house. So so uh, we we went through the process and said, Mom, it's time for you to move in with us. It wasn't always easy. It wasn't always easy. But you know what? It's not about being easy. It's about doing the right thing. The right thing that would glorify God. And, and we, we took care of her for over a year until she went to be with Jesus. And, uh, and it was an amazing thing that I, the honor in that, the honor in taking care of her is uh, with the drugs and things as she was being hospitalized and things like that. She wasn't thinking clearly. And uh, Nancy could tell you about that. She had a lot of unkind words that she spoke to Nancy. And Nancy would come home crying and saying, man, you know, we did the right thing, and, and my, my mother is just saying just accolades of praise to my, bro- my sister and my brothers, and I'm like this unwanted child. I don't know what has come over her. And, 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 uh, and I said, you know, she's getting close to the time of going to be with Jesus. And then the, the idea of prophetic words, 
God has blessed this church with prophetic words. And I said, Nancy, Nancy, listen carefully to what I say. She will not go to be with the Lord until out of her mouth says, I love you, Nancy. Well, time went by, and it wasn't coming, it wasn't coming, it wasn't coming. And then finally, finally there came a time when we were alone with her in, a, in, in the hospital, and I was a witness to it, that she pulled Nancy to the side, to her bedside, and said, Nancy, you've taken care of me. You love me. Nancy, I love you. And it was just days after that that she went to be with Jesus. So, so buy the truth and, it's not to, and not sell it. Wisdom, instruction, and insight as well. Father of the righteous child has great joy. The man who fathers a wise son rejoices in him. May your father and your mother rejoice. May, now it goes, may she who gave you birth be joyful. You know, that should be the goal of every mom as they raise their child, to see the outcome of that effort, those tears, those prayers, and that, that caring for from diapers to, to instruction to correction, and finally, when they see that son or daughter sold out to Jesus, serving Jesus with all their heart and all their mind, for that mother, that mother will be joyful, will be joyful and full of joy. It's a, what better thing can a mother witness in their son or daughter not that, not that they would be uh, fully successful financially or fully successful, but, but that their heart is turned toward Jesus. And one of, the, one of the major prayers that come out of the mothers in this church, for me and Nancy to pray in their behalf, that my son and daughter will come to know Jesus. Amen. That's, that's a prayer, that's a cry Part of the cry of the mothers of this church that come to Nancy and I so we can go to God's throne of grace and pray for their children that they will know Jesus, that they will serve Jesus, that they will have relationship with Jesus. And, 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 that's, uh, and that, that is the, the fountain of joy that comes out of a mother's heart as they grow older and they see their sons and daughters serving Jesus Christ. What a call. What a call. Now, then we go to her inner strength. Her inner strength. In 1 Peter 3, rather, and we, rather it should be that your inner self the unfailing beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth to who? To God. Mothers, develop that kindness.
confidence and that faith in the God you serve. You know, it's, it's a beautiful personality will take you so far. Good looks will take you so far. And, and just uh, quick, being quick with it will take you so far. Having a sense of humor will take you so far. But God is saying in his word, moms, moms de- develop that culture of inner strength that only God can give. Only God can give. And it, and it, comes, it comes out of cultivating your relationship with Jesus, your relationship with the Father, your confidence in him, your faith being built up, your faith visualizing your children serving the Lord with all their heart and soul and mind. Catch God's vision for your children and stand on that until they come to know Jesus Christ. Start seeing them. And I, you know, one of the things is that even as, as growing, raising your children, as Nancy and I was raising our children, and seeing their potential, their spiritual potential in Jesus Christ. You know, it's, uh, I, I mentioned this once before, and it's worth mentioning because it's, and it's not about being an evangelist and telling everybody you meet about Jesus. It can be, what does it say here? It could be a gentle and quiet spirit. My daughter's a nurse, and, uh, and one of the places she loves to work is at, uh, at the Lake County Health Department. Who's there? People full of addictions. They're coming there, and they're crying out for help. Unfortunately, they leave and come back again. And they leave and they come back again. She says, you don't know, Dad, you don't know how many people they come. We've dried them up of whatever they needed to be dried up of. And they leave. And months later, they're back again. So it can be a frustration. But she, by the grace of God, loves on her patients. You know, it's, it's not like, you know, uh, any pastor of a church, that's not your job. It's your honor and privilege given by God. So she, she would minister to these men and women that in a, they're in a bad place in their life. Her boss, her boss is a full declared atheist. And he said, I have no room for God. In fact, he would say some very derogatory things about God. One day, Christina was busy at work. And all of a sudden, somebody says, the boss wants to see you in his office. He said, did I do something wrong? I don't know what, what it is. So she goes into the office, and he and he said to her, he said, Christina, I've had a lot of men and women working here for me. Many of them. And many of them are vocal about their faith. But I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. Because, but you, but you 
your work ethic, the way you do life, I'm watching you, the way you love on your patients, and everything you do in this facility, Christina would almost, he tells her, Christina, this would almost convince me to become a Christian. Without a word. Just action. Just action. This quiet and gentle spirit. God, God, God is calling you and I to a level of integrity displaying Jesus to the world. And you know what? In, uh, you know, some guys get hung up with a thing, oh, y'all be telling people, telling about Jesus, telling about Jesus. But you know what? The scripture kind of indicates, you know, there's a lifestyle we live. There's a lifestyle we live. And in Peter, it says, be ready to give an account to those who ask. It's, it's living a life for Jesus that will get the attention of even an atheist to say, I'm almost convinced. It says, be ready to give an account to those who ask you of the hope that's in you. You know, that, to me, lifestyle Christianity is a loud voice that needs to be heard. Needs to be heard in our communities, where we work and where we live. And you know what? When that word comes out to you and me, what is it with you? With all the authority in heaven, you can say it's about the life-changing power of Jesus Christ that I've received. Now there's a response to our mothers. We've learned that they, 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 brought us, they brought life to all of us. All of us had to come to this world through our moms. And we found out they're teachers and they're leaders and they're, and they're, and they're learning how to be gracious. And they're, they're, they're just this beautiful thing that a mother can instill in their children. Now, in closing... What should be, all of us had a mother? That's the only way we got here, okay? There is a biblical response to your moms and my mother and your mothers, whether they did a perfect job or not. It's not about how good or how bad they did in raising you. Yeah, I, I hear that from people. You know, I just really had the worst parents in the world. And that's why I got all my problems. No, no, you, you have problems, yes. But G, when you gave your life to Jesus, you just got new parents. The Father and the Holy Spirit actively working in you. Yeah. So, so it doesn't, doesn't matter whether they did a good job or not. The response is is clear in the scripture, and and it's it's an opportunity. If if you have a if you have a parent that's not saved or born again, this is a key to opening up her heart to Jesus, and uh, 
and it's kind of, it's kind of like a validation. And, um, and as you all know, just yesterday, Don Alberti's mother passed away. And, uh, and I text him, I, and he said, you know, the big comfort that he has, that one day that she did receive Jesus. And he said, what a comfort that is. So, so responding, our, responding to our moms and dads is really important. And it says in Exodus, honor your father and mother so that, it may, that you may live long in the land of the Lord your God is giving you. You know, this is also mentioned in Ephesians. It says, children, obey your parents. It's, it's a, and, and, you know, that's where that teaching and instruction of the Father comes in. They're, don't resist it. Don't resist it. To train up a child in the way he should go, and when he grows old, he'll not depart from it. Don't resist the training and the instruction. But someday... Y'all be adults. Yes, you will be. You'll be grown up. And that once we're grown up, and now we're accountable to ourselves. Now it's about our choices and what we do in life. And, and what it's saying here in Exodus and also in Ephesians, it says, honor. Another way of saying that is when mom or dad says something. Don't fight them on it. Validate what they're saying and validate them in what they said. And it doesn't mean that you have to do it. But you have to honor their counsel and then make the right decision with your life, right? So, so this, it's not about, you know, if, if you want to stay a child all your life, stay in that mode, I got to obey, I got to obey, I got to obey, oh man, they frustrate me, they told me, I, you know, and I got to obey, and I got to obey. That's not the way the plan is. The obedience is why you're children. And then when you become adult, and especially give your life to Jesus, then you have an opportunity to honor your father and mother. Validate them in what they're saying. And then you could take it even further and validate to them what you think about what they're saying. And, and as you go in that process, uh, some chains will be broken between parent and sons and daughters. As, they be, as you validate them and you, you validate to them what your, what your thoughts and that come to resolution. Follow me? Are you following me? It's a, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful process. And it's a, and what... What the outcome of that is that you're blessed. And even though it doesn't say that there, they're blessed. 
And don't we want people to be blessed? Don't we want people to be uplifted in, um, in the things of God? Uh, if uh, Nancy can come in the room now, I hope she's listening. Somebody can maybe go run back there and get her up here. Father, I just thank you for your word. It's so true. It's such a blessing to our lives. And uh, Nancy and I would just love to take this opportunity for all the moms in the house, and you could pick up a rose. And, um, and uh, see, she is, you are listening over there. Come on. And uh, Nancy and I would like to take this opportunity in cl closing here. Todd had, uh, Shannon took a turn to the worst, so he had to leave. So, so we would like uh, to take this opportunity uh, to bless the moms in this church. Now, don't be in a hurry to get up here. <laughs> so, they so they're going to come up oh. one by one, okay. and, uh, and we want to pray of whatever God has for us to pray for you. Is that okay? It's, uh, I, 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 this, the Lord came to, brought this to me a couple of days ago. said, you, as pastors, you need to pray for the moms of this church. So who's first? This is Pastor Todd. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I pray the Lord uses today's message by Pastor Byron to strengthen your walk with God. If you were blessed by this message and would like to support the ministry of The Gathering Place financially, I encourage you to use our online giving portal at tgpchicago.org. Our portal uses PayPal's secure site so none of your information is compromised. Once again, thank you for tuning in to the Gathering Place podcast. God bless you, and have a great week.